Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Not Yet Rated. My name is Dean James, great to have your company. And on this week's episode, it's my turn for a film. Now, I've got two words for you. Pie. Okay. Bunny boiler. Ah, uh, yes. The, the phenomenous work. If you're going to get a childhood pet, let's try not to have it cooked on the stove. <laughs> we don't want that. I mean, that's everyone's, like, if your list of things to go wrong with your pet, getting it cooked on the stove has got to be up in the top five. 100%. And that was the clue, or part of the clue that I gave at the end of last <laughs> week's episode, didn't I? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. I just mentioned rabbit. Most people would have known it. No. I'd uh, hope so. Especially after I've said bunny boiler. Yeah. Like yeah. that's that used to be before by Felicia and any of these other things that used to be the term for a, a psychotic partner. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, male or female. Exactly, and that's the emphasis of this week's film, which is the nineteen eighty seven Adrian Lyon film Fatal Attraction. So I've got a notebook which disturbed my colleague here um, <laughs> a little bit because my first interaction with this film ever was in Mad Magazine. Oh wow! Yeah, so I'd never seen it because I was just a wee lad, but of course Australian Mag used to take. All the comics and cartoons from American Mad, and mm. that was a big one. So, one of the things I thought as an homage to it is I've got six different names for it that I hope to drop through the uh, through the uh, podcast through the length of the podcast. So, I'm going to start by saying, "All right, Dino, kick us off with Feeble Retraction." Oh, <laughs> well, I'm stumped. Or, or, or the Michael Douglas classic, Fungal Reaction. <laughs> that's that's a more accurate one. <laughs> <laughs> or Glenn Close's farcical interaction. Oh, that one's good. Or familial grab action, which oh. is, I thought, you know, very appropriate for the sort of second date. There's lots of, of grab action going uh, on here. Yeah, and and just for the medical people, a myocardial infraction. <laughs> I think that's where I was today. Well, I'm so glad that you brought that little pocketbook in. It's uh, gone. Oh, it's gone now. Now it's out the door now. <laughs> It's good that you're you were prepared. Thought, you thought I had like a bunch of notes around the filmmaking where you're like, oh, you remember when they're in the apartment at the start and it's showing <laughs> Michael Douglas's family life and, you know, the camera work shows that it's claustrophobic. Yes. And it shows that everyone's in everyone's space, even though it's a very spacious apartment. It is. The way that it was filmed was to give you that sort of feeling mm. of the trapped, chaotic family kind of existence that he's in. And instead, I was just making shitty puns. Oh, you were. Look, you really got me excited when you came in with your notes today. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I get all my notes from my top of my head there. Yeah, I know. That's, that's the scary how I thing. It. But it's good that you started with that. Yeah, yeah it does represent that claustrophobic environment because they are living in an apartment right in the heart of New York City and that obviously motivates them to obviously move out into uh, the country which is uh, one of their plans that they, they plan on doing. Yeah, um, he's just like, I want to eat a lot of peaches. Yeah, so. that, that's right. And yeah, so we see uh, Michael Douglas's character, Dan Gallagher. Um, he is married to Beth Gallagher who's played uh, by Ann Archer and mm. they have a six-year-old daughter named Alan. Now, when I first saw Alan for the first time, I honestly thought she was a boy. Yeah, it's the haircut. Yeah, it's the haircut. Cut. Got the proper 19 sort of late 80s bob, yeah. which was kind of very common. Sort kind of, of Jonathan of. Taylor Thomas, yeah. you know, full time. <laughs> Home improvement. Home improvement, yeah. yeah. You know, like that That kind of... <laughs> <laughs> That's that, that was the the cue where you're just like yeah and it was and it's also you know huge oversized yeah. t-shirts and watching you can't do that on television no that's true which is you know a massive part of Canada's export to the rest of the world yeah absolutely but from what I can see in the opening sequence of the film I mean they're very sort of traditional kind of family and they're obviously planning on going out to this event mm. and they go to this event um, at this Japanese restaurant uh, where Michael Douglas and Ann Archer go and having drinks and 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 
whatnot. And one of the things that I love is Glenn Close's establishment in, her in the film. Her on trance. Her on trance. And all of a sudden you've got one of Dan's friends. He is, you know, he sort of overlooks and says, oh, hello there. And all of a sudden you got Glenn Close looking over and she gives him the biggest greasy oh, yeah. ever. Oh, it's brutal, but yeah. I love it. Yeah, I mean, could probably just dedicate the entire podcast to her performance. Yeah, we I mean, could. That, that scene, particularly with him and his mates, it doesn't age well. No, it doesn't. It's very eighties, especially Anne Archer's hair and oh, she she lifted that stuff. There was a yeah. team of you know small people with scaffolds <laughs> that got up there to get it a foot off her head. They really needed and to. And we we've got to address the elephant in the room, which is Glenn Close's hair. I love Glenn Close's hair. It's, Are you serious? I do. It's stylish, but it's sexy. What? Yeah. I honestly believe that it is. Do you know what it looks like? What? Two minute noodles. <laughs> oh, that is so good. It has the wave of a pack of two minute noodles. But for its time, I totally understand why it's stylish and you sexy. You might not. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> it is serious two minute noodles without the seasoning put in. Now it's, that you say it. Oh. Yeah, now that's all you'll be able to oh, say. Oh, that's all I can picture now, especially that how does two Glenn, shot. How does Glenn Close get ready for a night out? She puts the kettle on. Ah, she certainly does. She loves to she boil the water. <laughs> two Bo- minutes. Boil that water. <laughs> that's what she does. It's, it's so true. Oh, God, I love it. But <laughs> <laughs> two minute news, I mean, that's all I'm going to think obviously, of. Obviously, like uh, the cultural stuff where they're doing that cringy sort of pretend Japanese and yeah. quasi lighthearted racism mm. in it is <laughs> yeah. just like, oh, no more of this. No, no more of that. But then you go on to this magnificent two shot where you've got. Uh, the bar. Ma- yeah, at the bar. Michael mm. Douglas comes over, he gets a champagne, and um, Glenn Close is just sitting there having a cigarette. And they look at each other, they have this little awkward kind of laughing. And, uh, and then she says, oh, was that look that bad was it (laughs) you know and then there's this instant kind of sort of discussion between the two of them they shake hands and they introduce each other and obviously um glenn close she's established as alex forrest um the main character of the film and and then there's uh just that subtle moment where michael douglas says oh i've got to go now and then she's like oh is that your wife and um he goes yeah it is so he obviously wanders off and there's that subtle interesting medium shot here of just glenn close looking and staring with a bit of a smile on her face we already know where this is going yeah. With yeah. that shot. I mean, I think one of the things that I noticed, I mean, I haven't watched this in years and years and years. Yeah, I had And it either. was incredible to watch it for me with mm. the palette, the way that the movie's tone shifts. Yeah, that's true. So she's introduced in sort of the black. Mm, the black gown. In the black sort of gown and yeah. stuff like that. I mm. mean, I do want to talk about the sheer height of her shoulder pads in her leather <laughs> jacket later on in the film. Oh, look. The black leather jacket. Oh, holy crap. We have to discuss <clears throat> that. Oh, that. Wow. 100%. Um, and then later on, you know, her palette, like her clothing lightens to make her seem less intimidating mm. as it goes through. So mm. he's called into the office on yep. the weekend. The family, the wife and child have gone away. So, mm. oh, I'm going yep. to work. I know. Beth and Ellen, they're off to the country to yep. look at the house that they're planning on buying. And, and just like, yeah, we're going to check the peach trees. And yep. what, what happens is these two have the lunch. They do. And... I I'm just going to play you a little bit of a, a snippet because one of the most iconic quotes from this film. Oh, yeah. So they're having they're having dinner and they're talking about sort of general chit-chat at first, but then all of a sudden Alex says something really key here and she says this. Have a listen. You just have to be discreet. Oh, God, yeah. Are you? Yeah, my word. Discreet. Are you discreet, Pi? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, Adelaide. Oh, um, oh wow, I am too. What a, what a question. Yeah, it is a question. And I love this part of the film because, uh, I mean, Glenn Close, she's such a terrific actress and her performance is outstanding in this film, mm. undoubtedly. And her facial expressions and her uh, the way that she comes across to Michael Douglas, you know, this yeah. uh, it's so subtle. But even little quotes later on in that scene where – she says, oh, we were attracted to each other at the party. That was obvious. And yeah. You're on your own for the night. That's also obvious. Yeah. And the little flirty things like, oh. Yeah. We're know, two adults. You, you yeah. I mean, it's, we're just having, you know, we're breaking any rules. And she's like, no, not yet. Not you yet. Know. Yeah. But her nuance is her subtlety in that. Yeah. While we're on that, Michael Douglas can't hold a fucking wine glass. No, I oh, know he sort of holds it and it sort of circles it around. It's like a bird of prey. Yeah, it's like have you ever seen an emu drink a glass of wine? That's <laughs> Michael Douglas's hand grip on it. Yeah, that's so true. I don't know how he ate like that and then just didn't leave giant greasy finger marks all over those little eighties bowl glasses. Oh, no idea. It was no. bad to watch. Well, <laughs> I mean, it is in the nineteen eighties. Yeah, because <laughs> it was rimmed with cocaine. Oh, it was, exactly. But then, uh, you know, after she says two adults and then Michael Douglas is just like, let's go get the check. Yeah. And then the next thing is... It's on. It's on. They're yeah. on the kitchen bench and they're making out. On and the having stove, this in the sink. Incredible sex scene. And no regard for food handling and hygiene. No, not at all. Not at all. And one of the things that I really want to talk about here is, I mean, the dangers of sex here in this film is, is unbelievably <laughs> clear because the first thing. Just because of their proximity to the oven? Well, that. <laughs> unwashed yeah, dishes? They, yeah, that's right. And especially when they turn on the the. The, the tap. The tap. And that could have been hot. Puts water on her breasts and everything. But, but Yeah, but what if she got a bit of <laughs> what a burn? If she You did, could have had a scold. You could have. but You could have been scolded. Yeah, exactly. Dangerous sex. It is. But they go straight for it, you know, like no protection, no nothing. Just pull down the pants, in you go, that's it, well, you know? it was the 80s. There wasn't it, really well, that's why I want to sort of d- discuss the dangers of sex here. because <laughs> And the fact that it was actually unprotected is, mm. is quite crucial. Obviously, it's crucial later on in the film too. Yeah. Because of the diabolical elements that... Alex puts on uh, Dan yeah. as as we go, which drives the narrative uh, forward. As she intends to destroy him. Yeah, 100%. And it's brutal, by oh, the yeah, way. It's Absolutely brutal. But the sex scene... And by the way, Adrian Lyon, I don't know if you're familiar with Adrian Lyon's work. He no. did, uh, so some of his films he's done, He's besides Fatal Attraction, he did Flashdance. Um, but a film he did uh, beforehand um, in 1986 was a film called Nine and a Half Weeks. Oh. And that was with Kim Basinger I and Mickey Rourke. I with that. Yeah, and... Look, I have to give credit to Adrian Lyon here because Adrian Lyon knows how to shoot a sex scene. <laughs> well, surely that's He really objective. does. But he <laughs> look, I mean, nine and a half weeks uh, is full of sex scenes, much more than what you see in Fatal Attraction. True. But in I mean, the scene here, it's passionate, it's dominating, it's very strong, mm. this sex scene. And then all of a sudden there's that really funny element to this sex scene where Michael Douglas sort of picks up Glenn Close mm-hmm. and you know, he's got his pants down still and he's trying to get them off as he's holding Alex and mm-hmm. you know, those sorts of things. And they have this obviously incredible sex scene and um, you know, and then all of a sudden uh, Glenn Close is like, Oh, are you feeling energetic? And then they go out and do yeah. salsa dancing and this whole big sort of night that they have have mm. and you know they go back to the apartment and then once again another sex scene um yeah. in the elevator yeah. um have you ever done it in an elevator and then they do it and once again adrian line the thing that adrian line does really well with a lot of his sex scenes <laughs> in this film specifically he doesn't need to use music to enhance it yeah right okay and 
he also uses lots of close-ups as well, uh, especially of um, as they're making out and that sort of thing. It makes it even more intense. Well, there was, I mean, the reoccurring theme was definitely boob and mouth. Yeah, boob and mouth was a big thing. I was like, okay, there's boob and mouth. Yeah, and then there is. Five minutes later, there's boob and mouth. Yeah, and then uh, ten minutes after you've done some dancing, well, it's time for some boob and mouth. It is. <laughs> happens checked a lot. His, checked his Casio digital and yeah. went boob and mouth. It happens a lot. It's time. It does. She performs a. What's the easiest way to describe it in the lift? Well, I, I want to put you on the spot to decide. Oh, thanks for that. Are you going to say beige? Are you going to be common? Or are you going to yeah. be like oral scene? Yeah, oh, oral, that's, oral. That's uncomfortable. Oral is probably uncomfortable, but she's I mean, going down on him. We've already said it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so there's that power she's shift. She's going down there. on him. She's stopped the lift yeah. and they've been falling around and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And then switches to that bird's eye view. Mm. And then Michael Douglas sees the guys walk past yep. and he's trying to start the lift again. Yep. That expression is so comedic <laughs> and just awkward for everybody involved. Of course it is. Do you think that the thing like him shuffling with the pants down around the ankle and that sort of those moments where it focuses on the awkward is a way to disarm you as the viewer? Because the thing is, that's a very realistic thing to have awkward, funny moments in those kind of intimate moments. Do you think he does it on purpose to try and put your guard down so you don't feel like she's a predator? Probably, yeah. Because I was like... It's very interesting that you've done that sort of stuff because obviously nine and a half weeks, mm. it's not like that. No, it's not. It's, oh, it's look, very no. stylized. It's stylized. Mm. But then a big mm. bombshell occurs after their weekend, doesn't it? <laughs> and this big bombshell just turns the narrative in a completely different yeah, direction. Yeah, this is the first major switch. It is. And all of a sudden you've got Alex, she's trying to persuade Dan to stay and she's like, oh, let's be friends and that sort of thing. And then they have this little makeout session and all of a sudden Michael Douglas is like, oh, your hands are all wet. She's cut her wrist. It's blood. It's blood. And he's blood. like, oh my God, what's going on? So there you see something incredibly wrong with this character from there. <laughs> I mean, not only... Besides I mean, the two-minute noodle besides hair. Besides the two-minute noodle hair, which uh, that's a different story. But, <laughs> but all of a sudden, this character arc has completely changed. Because, yeah. well, why is she slitting her wrists? There's clearly some, some issues there. She's clearly troubled. Yeah, because originally you're sort of looking at Michael Douglas like, you bastard. Yeah, Because that's right. the thing is that Michael Douglas, you're like, that's a real bastard thing to do. You've obviously got a really good relationship with yeah. your wife, which is emphasised. You've mm. got a kid. You're just doing this to get that excitement. Like, yeah. he wasn't invested in this anywhere mm. because he had a happy home life. This yeah. was just him being a bastard. So yeah. that first sort of half hour of the film you're just mm. like you suck Michael yeah Douglas. you do and uh, can I just add to that because you know how can you cheat on Ann Archer in my honest opinion she is stunning here she's oh. stunning she is the perfect wife yeah, really. well, everything that's going on, you can see, like, you know, the way that they bounce around the house and all that sort of stuff, it's got that feel of domestic bliss. Yeah. You know, you've got a very real familiarity. They're obviously really good friends they as are. well as husband and wife. Yep. And they've had a kid and all that sort of stuff in their house. Mm. And he's just looking for an escape. Yeah, he is. That's Tra right. He's, oh, no, I'm trapped in a wonderful relationship. I know. And then all of a sudden he, he does this. But yeah. And then, of course, uh, as the narrative then progresses, we start to get more into the character of Alex, don't we? Ooh. And, oh, God, she really, really tortures. She turns up the heat. She does. Literally on a family pet. She really, Yeah, she does. Well, even before that. <laughs> even before that. Yeah, like, let's get the laundry list of crazy behaviours. Uh, number one. Well, number one. Well, cutting your wrists. We had the cutting the wrists. The next thing, it was the excessive phone calls. Yeah. 
the I'm going to constantly harass, harass, harangue, and always be in your business. Yeah, but turning it, up at work. Yeah, turning up at work, and she goes to work, and she says, "Oh, I'm sorry to put you through that," and that sort of thing. And then all of a sudden, you think that the relationship is sort of over. Yeah, she was here to like, oh, here's the olive branch. We're yep. done. And she invites him to Madame Butterfly, which is the opera that you know she she loves. And there's a an incredible <laughs> moment in the film. And I just want to add something here is that there's a shot in the film where um, you've got the Madame Butterfly opera mm. um, playing and she's sitting there just on her own. Um, she's flicking the light switch on and, and off. off. And then it cross cuts to Dan's perspective where he's having fun with his wife and his friends. They're playing bowling. Yeah, and then flick. And then flick on and off, on and off. Now, I just wanted to add something here. I've actually, and I purchased this in London a, a number of years ago, I bought a, a film strip of that shot on 35mm. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, I bought that, that close-up shot. Yeah. I've got it on 35mm at home. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I should have brought it in to show because, you. Because, I mean, there were other films that have shown that sort of descent. Yeah. But that was a really, because that was more like setting out of plans. That was like, it, I'm moving forward. Yeah. That was an escalation scene. That mm. was the, I am thinking intensely about it. I have nothing else. It that's was an obsession. It was. And, it, and the obsession then turns to even more issue with Dan because all of a sudden, uh, Glenn Close calls Dan during the night and says, I need to see you, meet me at this building. And then they go and all of a sudden she puts in this massive curveball and she says, I'm pregnant. Yeah. And that completely changes the film once again because all of a sudden Michael Douglas is like, oh, we'll get you through this. Yeah, I'll pay for the abortion, that sort of thing. Yeah, and all because of a his responsibility and guilt has caught up with him so much in this situation. Like yeah. Originally when she was calling and she turned up the office wearing seven feet high shoulder pads, yep. I know it was a real dramatic scene where she was like, it's cool, we, we, we can work this out, it's all right. Yeah. I'm, I'm not that crazy anymore. <laughs> and she was saying that in a leather jacket yeah. which had two couch cushions in the shoulders. <laughs> like they were around her ear holes man they oh, were come so on. huge for a time it was stylish <laughs> i give it to her <laughs> oh okay yeah i know you i can understand that it's dated now i can understand <laughs> totally understand it's just that. one of those things that it's hard to see it's hard to see the drama for just like wow. for that yeah it is but then what i love the next part after that diabolical element of that she's pregnant and that sort of thing yeah and they change the number and she's trying to call and then all of a sudden she appears at the apartment yeah, just hanging out hanging out and dan comes in and um they're like oh um, this is alex here and alex is like oh haven't we met before and that kind yeah. of thing and then things get really really intense and then the next part michael douglas is just like cut the shit will ya yeah what is wrong with you? Yeah, and then yeah. uh, Glenn Close has this particular quote, which I just want to play for you for a second. What am I supposed to do? You won't answer my calls. You change your number. I mean, I'm not going to be ignored, Dan. <laughs> I'm not going to be ignored, Dan. Now, uh, I just a little bit of trivia here. Now, Glenn Close absolutely hated the way she articulated that line there. Really? She hated it and she didn't want it in the film. But Adrian Lyon was like, no, nah, I think that's perfect. So he kept it in there. Yeah, I think so too because it's got an element of wine about it. It does, doesn't it? Which is hilarious yeah. because she's clearly, a, like I said before, like a predator. There's yeah. an obsessive. There's a major obsessive. Focused yeah. intensity to what she's trying to get out of this man. Mm. And then all of a sudden she's like, I won't be ignored. Yeah, and it's because of the responsibility of now that she wants to keep the baby you know, that's that sort of blackmail in yeah. a way. Yeah, that's say, exactly what it is. Yeah, to say, well, you know what, you need to be with me. 
you need to face up your responsibilities. If you don't face up to your responsibilities, this is what's going to occur. Mm. And then that pushes the narrative even more further because as we go forward into other parts of the narrative, like she does such diabolical things. Like she she messes with the car. Yep. There's this tape that she records. Oh, the audio tape. The, the audio car. tape right. in the car. And she's saying, oh, you know, you son of a bitch and that sort of <laughs> thing. And, and then after that, then it comes the bunny boiler. Yeah, well, Dan's like, we've got to get out of town. Yeah, we've got to get out of town. Actually, that's right. Yeah, you mentioned that, you know, because they were planning on going out, moving to the country. He just wanted to get, nah, let's get out of New York right now. Get away from this. Hopefully yeah. our problems will be will be solved there. Yeah, Real comfortable drive. Real comfortable drive, that's right. But then I want to talk about after what happens after the bunny boiler sequence because that's the part of the film where Dan has to make that decision, I've got to tell Beth. Yeah, I've got to do the right thing. He has yeah, to do the right thing. It's gone this far. I've held it off as held long it as off. I can yep. because I'm, I'm a bit of a shit. Yeah. and I didn't really want to own up to this because yeah. you're pretty cool. Ugh. And she's so, at first, she's very controlled when he's mentioned it. Like, I thought she was going to get a lot more angrier, but until that curveball when he says she's pregnant and then things yeah, just kaboom. kaboom change dramatically. But the next thing that I has taken the, the narrative up for me yep. is when they call Alex and they said, oh, I've, I've told my wife and that sort of thing. And then she's like, oh, you haven't got the guts to do that. And she's like, oh, go and have a chat to her right now. And then Beth goes to the phone. She says, this is Beth Gallagher. If you ever come near my family again, I'll kill you. You understand? (laughs) And she keeps her word, doesn't she? Oh, yeah. (laughs) And that's why I want to talk about as we get towards the ending. Because the (laughs) the ending, yeah, the ending here. So firstly, now, actually, even before the ending, we've got more psychotic behaviour occur from her is – she steals Alan and she takes her to like a fanfare or roller yeah, coasters and takes the kid out for a day. Yep. And you know, <laughs> so freaky. It's so psychotic. It's so psychotic. And then you got and poor Beth driving. Every parent's worst nightmare. Oh, of course it would be. And you just feel for Anne Archer there. You just do. Yeah. Well, because she is the one that gets fucked over the most. Of course she does. But you just believe her. In terms of her performance. Yeah, absolutely. She's just so strong here. Yeah. So strong. And you just feel everything from it. Like when she's running down that corridor, Adrian Lyons got that handheld camera movement. It's so authentic. It's so realistic. Yeah, and her panic. And her panic is clear. Yeah. And she's driving along and all of a sudden there's that moment where they're on the roller coaster. Great piece of editing here. Mm. They're on the roller coaster. She's driving. She's about to hit the car in front of her. And just that subtle cross-cutting between the roller coaster versus what's going on Mm. in in Beth's life. I mean, heralding back to flicking the light on and off. Oh, no, that's right. It's just that particular moment is quite remarkable, really. Mm. It's some good direction there from yeah, Adrian. I'd agree with that. it's, it's great. Yeah, it's really, really good. But then, um, <laughs> <laughs> but oh, even like when she drops off Alan. Yeah. And then she's like, can I have a kiss? Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, it's so creepy. It's so nasty. It's so nasty. Oh, it's just wrong. Gets me every time. Quite rightly so. Yeah, it is. And then that leads on to the ending. Now, uh, obviously, uh, Michael Douglas is now in a position to take care of his wife. He, he knows is. he's done the wrong thing. He takes care of his wife. Yeah, Maya Culver's hard. Yeah, big time. And then it turns into an Alfred Hitchcock film. Well, it does. And uh, this is, <laughs> it does, but. I want to talk about this ending because now, did you know that there's an alternative ending to this film? No. Okay. I want to talk about this. 
Now, the alternative ending, which Do you want to talk about actual ending first? All right, let's talk about the actual ending. Yep, good good idea. Because the old kitchen knife is yep. classic in the bathroom. So yeah. the confrontation between the two females in this situation yeah. where it was that really intense Sergio Leone standoff yep. and Glenn Close expressing her dissatisfaction with the current situation. Mm. And then... More self-harm there. Yeah, yeah, like turning it on herself just to emphasize the point. Get it? That yeah. was a terrible part. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. Um, so cuts herself mm. and then goes in for the kill. Those two have the scuffle. That downward stroke where the tip breaks off in the tiles of the bathroom is mm. terrifying. It is terrifying. So it's a really real thing because it's so quick and nasty. Yeah. Once they actually start fighting, then Mickey Douglas busts in. Mm. He's like, aha! Strangles her and puts her in the bathtub. And he strangles her and puts her in the bathtub. He's like, I'm going to drown you out. Drown you out. And he thinks he did it. But I love the subtlety here because uh, Adrian Lyon, once again, uses close-ups effectively. He puts this little sort of uh, the mild... The bathtub thing was crazy. Yeah, it was. Looking it? at it from a side profile inside the bathtub. So they obviously just had him in a tank and stuff, mm. but it still had weird refraction. Mm. So it looked like it was curving the surface. So it felt like you're in the bathtub. Felt like that didn't it? Yeah, it wasn't a nice place to yeah. inhabit, which was good because it didn't glorify it in any way, shape or form. It was ugly. It was, but I love that there's a moment where you can see her face in the water, but you just notice the little nostril just outside of the water and there's these little bubbles, bubbles coming yeah. out and you're like, she's still there. She and ain't dead yet. She's not dead yet. And then all of a sudden she comes out of the water and then this is the pivotal moment. Coup de gras. <laughs> she gets killed. By Beth. Who just sent her a mask, just blam. And can I say that I think that the representation of that character of Beth and the fact that she is the one that kills Alex is so important to this film. Yeah, because if Mickey Douglas had just finished her off in the bath, it wouldn't have been the same sort of thing. But it's also that reflection of the time period as well because um, you had the women's rights movement that was occurring in the 60s. It was second wave feminism that was happening and that was starting to be embedded into the films of the 1980s and that representation of Beth killing her is that representation of that. And I think that's so strong to that film. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, 100%. And the thing is that Beth's character, the thing is that she sort of starts as a periphery, like an anchor to the Michael Douglas character. But the thing is, as the movie progresses, she comes back in as that important, I am the mother, I am the wife, like asserting her person in the film. Mm. Like, this is my role. And then, again, coup de gras, Beth. Beth. Bam, bam, shoot. And... The alternative ending I just want to talk about. Okay, this is going to blow my mind. So the alternative ending, which they shot first before this final ending, right? So Alex, in the end, was she slid her throat. Whoa. And she framed Dan for her murder, even though she it was a suicide thing. Yeah. The original ending was that Dan was arrested for... Alex's murder, when in fact she committed suicide. Now, that particular alternative ending, which I watched the other night, right? it did not test well with test audiences. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I'm not surprised either. But Glenn Close was furious that that ending did not occur in the final film because Glenn Close believes that this character is troubled. She's... I think you're right there, well, Close. She's ha- well, absolutely, but she's troubled and she's sad and she needs help. Yeah. And I agree with her there with that context, but when you're trying to appeal to a wide audience, of course audiences want more of that violence. They want, you know, they want her dead. Yeah, they do, because she's the villain, even though yep. she's a, a tormented 
villain. Yeah, she is. And she's clearly got issues. Clearly. And but you do want to see her go down just because yeah. of her escalation of, of attacks. Mm. Really what it is, it's you've nipped around the edges and they've all been real nasty. They have. Like yeah. it's been, it hasn't just been like, I'm going to harass you. It's like, no, I'm going to get nasty. Nah, go fast. Yeah, exactly. And isn't it interesting that, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, a couple of things about Michael Douglas. Firstly, he always seems to be in relationships in films that always go sour mm. or they go a different direction. Yeah. He seems to be in a lot of films that contain lots of sex scenes. He's always involved in sex scenes, I notice. Yeah, but didn't he do that weird thing? He's like, I got throat cancer because I ate too much lady, yeah. lady business. Yeah, possibly. Wasn't you know. that his thing? He's like, oh, my Probably. throat got stuffed up because of all the... Yeah, because yeah, he was in this. He was in Basic Instinct. He was in Disclosure, you know, all these films that contain these well, he was, dominating sex scenes. Yeah, but he was also kind of like that was the role that you put him in. Yeah, that's you know, true. Like Michael Douglas was a great business sleaze yeah. that then got into trouble. Like yeah. that's... That was one of those things that he got typecast in. Yeah, it was. <laughs> then he did Falling Down. I know. Well, that's <laughs> right. Joel Schumacher, who just recently passed away. But um, so in terms of the overall rating for me, yeah. in this regards to this film. So look, um, there's some great direction here. Glenn Close is outstanding. This is her best performance. And can I say that Glenn Close was not originally going to be in this film. They didn't want her in this film because, because they didn't think that she could be sexy. They didn't think they could be sexy and they didn't think that she could pull off an antagonist like this because a lot of the wrong. roles that she did... Yeah, and that's right. So wrong. She absolutely proved them wrong because a lot of the performances she did beforehand, like she was in The Big Chill and The Natural yeah, 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 and yeah. easygoing roles, yeah. where this one really took her out of her comfort zone. And yeah. you look at Glenn Close's career after that and she's really so diverse in yeah. the range of roles that she did after that and she absolutely proved them wrong and she's stunning in this film. She should have won the Oscar that year. She didn't. She lost to Cher. Oh. Yeah, she lost to Cher for Moonstruck that's that a, year. That's a bitter pill to swallow. It is, really. I mean, I do like Moonstruck, but no, nah, Fatal Attraction, she should have won over, over her, guaranteed. But she's strong here. Nuance of her performance is phenomenal. The it way is. that you know, the way that she starts with the confidence, the way that she sets her shoulders, the way that she talks to him, yeah. and then the way that as she descends into gradual batshit crazy madness, yeah, like is it's amazing. It is really, and Anne Archer's terrific as well in this role, and it's really that film that does encapsulate the the dangers of sex because it was at a time when um, HIV AIDS was um, yeah. still a huge epidemic in society, and that fact of unprotected sex was still a, a huge issue and I think that film reflects that yeah and also um you know you look at it nowadays and you know it's also that Reaganistic family values kind of thing it if is. you step outside your marriage it's not gonna it's, be good that's right yeah because it might of, get your rabbit boiled yep, Reaganomics 100% but even nowadays you look at it in terms of something like the Me Too movement and yeah. you look at it because with the Me Too movement there was always that idea of predominantly the male being the predator over the female but in yeah. this context it was the other way around but it's also at the time you know, you didn't see many women being represented as psychotics. No, and it was and it was a change in roles as well because again, like Michael Douglas didn't do the coup de grace, so it was that the dynamic shift completely. Yep. And he, throughout the entire process, was a flailing idiot mm. from the moment he stepped into the film. Yep. From when the kid pulls his headphones off and That's slaps right. him in the head to the driving around, listening to the tape, gripping the wheel like an old lady crying. <laughs> he was a flailing idiot. Yeah. And his character was supposed to be shown in that way, whereas the other two with a confident, cool, calm, collected and crazy alternatives to his character. 100%. So I'm going to give it four stars. I'm going to give it four too, but, you know, you're always going to lose a point for two-minute noodle hair. Oh, come on. It's I think amazing. She, I think it's great. 
I love her. Fungal attraction. It is. <laughs> well, that brings us on to the end. Now, I'm looking forward to our next episode. We're doing something a little bit different, aren't we? Yeah, Jim Kelly. That's right. Special guest. <laughs>